So I'm going to read us a story today from Chicken Soup from the Veteran Soul from Stories to Stir the Pride and Honor and the Courage of Our Veterans. So I want to thank you. Uh, Wiggle Your Toes, this one's called The Warrior Spirit. My childhood years of various sports, including chasing a homemade wooden puck on roller skates up and down Central Street in South Philadelphia, had given me strong legs and a healthy body that were prepared to endure and respond quickly. When I was wounded seriously in action, I didn't accept my condition of paralysis as permanent, although it did make life more complicated. But I wondered how to explain this condition to people back home, especially mom and dad, who only knew me as a happy-go-lucky, smiling kid who was nonstop on my pins. What about telling Grace, brother John, and his wife Jean, and a lot of friends and relatives back in the States? And was there any solution to the problem of depending on others to do everything? Thoughts like these were another set of challenges to add to my new physical weaknesses. Charlie was one of the first to ease the situation. He had a friendly smile on his face all day long and frequently came across the aisle to talk to me. Charlie was the source of most information and always knew what was going on in the war. Charlie was the first who told me about the patient who was five or six beds from me. By twisting and turning my head and trunk, I could see the mass of bandages that Charlie said was Captain McCarthy. They kept McCarthy close to the nurse's station where he could get special attention when it was needed. Charlie explained that the captain was a tank commander who had survived a fiery explosion when his tank was hit by the enemy. The captain climbed out of the tank with two broken legs and literally ran on fire 30 to 50 yards from the burning vehicle. His body and head were severely burned. Something about that still white bandage form made me count my blessings despite my lifeless legs. Charlie seemed to know everything about everyone in the ward. But even Charlie was surprised to see an unfamiliar, pretty, and smiling young nurse enter the ward early one morning. The lady smiled as she proceeded along the center aisles, unruffled by the patient's whistles and greetings. I pushed myself up on my elbows as high as I could and stretched my neck to see what the commotion was all about. By the time I could see the nurse, she had steered right toward my bed. She carried what looked like an, an elongated birdcage with no bottom and an electric ball rig inside its top. The nurse, Lieutenant, introduced herself as Penny, a physical therapist, and placed a carefully folded sheet of, at the foot of my bed. It didn't take Charlie long to find his way to my bed. After all, what are ward buddies for? He greeted the attractive nurse and told her I was not the, the one who needed therapy, but he, that he, Charlie, was in dire need. Anyway, he said, I outrank him. Penny laughed this off and turning to me, said she would come in every day at about the same time hour to spend some time helping me get those legs working again. This was the first time anyone had suggested such a possibility. While I had no idea what physical therapy was, I was delighted. 
especially with the thoughts of this new friend coming to see me. At her own invitation, I especially relished the idea of Charlie standing by, green with envy, watching her in action. The first treatment began immediately. Nurse Penny uncovered my legs and placed the birdcage contraption over them. She covered it with a sheet and plugged it in, light, lighting, lightening the bulb. It wasn't long before I felt the warmth. Penny told me she would be back in about 30 minutes. Once again, she flashed her pretty therapeutic smile and left. What a moral builder, and I was responsible for it. Things were looking up. Penny's visits and the birdcage application were always followed by hand massaging that began with my feet, following by my legs. This kind of treatment both overwhelmed and embarrassed me at first. I was always the center of attention in the ward as long as Penny was there. Next, Nurse Penny touched each toe or pointed to it as she coaxed me to work hard at thinking about moving it. Think, Scotty, think, move, she urged. Eventually, she was joined by the rest of the ward. Charlie's raspy voice, generally in the lead, the battle cry was, Wiggle your toes, Scotty. Wiggle your toes, Scotty. It seemed the whole ward, myself included, was fully devoted to talking my toes into moving. This was a battle, not unlike combat, where mind and will joined together against the enemy, a motionless pair of big toes. Penny was there the day I first wiggled my left big toe. She watched eagerly as the toe slowly bent downward under its own power, then moved up. As word spread around the ward about the victory, Charlie led those nearby in a big cheer. I had no doubt that Penny's coaching and unfailing cheerfulness were a big part of my recovery. Her presence in the ward did wonders for all of us. I learned before leaving England that Penny's sweetheart was a young pilot missing in action, but if she was down, she never let it show. Once the challenge of the big toe had been met, it was followed by major improvements in moving my left foot and leg. The right foot proved more difficult. My right toes were obstinate and still are 55 years later. Even so, after a month of help, with learning to walk again, I was able to shed my crutches, but I had never shed my memory of the lovely nurse who dedicated so to work her inspired me, my recovery, and turned a group of wounded soldiers into an unlikely cheerleading section. I still have to smile when I picture them all shouting loud enough to shake the walls. Wiggle your toes, Scotty! Wiggle those toes! That's an order! By Walter W. Scott. Beautiful, beautiful story. Bienvenidos. Thank you for coming to today's uh, podcast. Saturday, God bless you. A day of rest. I call it pajama day. Would you believe pajama days? Uh, You know, we need a day of rest. uh, A day to... uh, Take notes and think about how life is going and think about how we can uh, challenge ourselves uh, to uh, what can we do to better ourselves, what can we do to get rid of what is old, what is old technology. 
you know, I noticed I got a lot of wires, a lot of speaker systems, and a lot of stuff in here that's uh, a little old technology. All this can be taken care of with one Apple laptop. Huh. You know, it would be awesome having everything. And it will be. I'll just have to imagine it. i got to get a picture of an Apple, put it up on the wall, start believing God, just like he sent everything else, usually by uh, having a collage of things that you would like and your father would give it to you make your life more uh, pleasant and efficient right less clutter which uh, the more i try to read about clutter the more it reverses the more i try to diet the more it reverses why is that well we will figure this out folks stay tuned today's podcast thank you for coming in here i am fernando I am in recovery and your commentator. Let's go ahead and get this meeting on the road. We're going to be doing uh, Daily Reflections, the 12th little book, the uh, a little black book, 24-hour book. We're going to be doing uh, Limitless Love and Faith to Faith from Kenny Copeland. And then we're going to be doing the New King James Bible, Proverbs and Psalms. Whew, about 45 minutes. I hope you have your ears on and your heart. Let's go to prayer. Let's pray the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, our first book for today is Daily Reflections, November the 13th. Looking outward, looking outward, or looking forward. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only, we may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Alcoholic Knowledge, page 87. As an active alcoholic, I allow selfishness to run rampant in my life. I was so attached to my drinking and other selfish habits that people and moral principles came second. Now, when I pray for the good of others rather than my own selfish ends, I practice a discipline in letting go of selfish attachments, caring for my fellows and preparing for the day when I will be required to let go of all earthly attachments. I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. The thing that occurred to me cause, is that I, I take my time, my effort, my caring my, uh, uh, what do you call, you know, that I can do something and I pray for a person that's actively drinking and in denial that needs to repent and wake up and say, say, uncle, you know, I just pray for God's will until I have peace in that area. And once I have peace in the area, then, um, God, if if so, will open the opportunity for me to say something, to do something. 
I'll give you an example. I made uh, coffee last night for the park meeting. I took uh, the water. Um, I, I filtered the water, put lemon on it, put music to the water, if you will, classic music. I put sun to the water and, and baby it all week long. So it's just a sweet, best tasting water that heals people and makes them better. Now, according to the book, uh, uh, The Miracles of Water by a Japanese uh, scientist. The fact is, is that we get peace when we pray for some other person and, 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 and the unity of us being with God with praying is really our reward. We get unity and oneness with God as we're praying for others. So I was thinking of making a list of all the people I had I have not seen in a while or I had prayers for and succeeded. I just really, a couple of things. Uh, I was driving, uh, I was a truck driver in my profession. Coming home around 2 or 3 in the morning, I pulled over the little 24-hour gym that I was a member of, and I had never been to one in that town. So I said, I, I can go and register or whatever, and let the computer know that I'm paying for this, so I need to use the bathroom, and, and I'm welcome here, and, and it's 24 hours, and blah, blah, blah. At least I can touch the equipment walking in there, and that's what I did. But I was in the restroom, and I was coming out, and, I, and when a guy recognized me, he says, Fernando, I'm still sober. <laughs> and wow, what a shot in the arm. He, you got a guy here that I, I took to court. I picked up and took to meetings, and I felt like, like this guy needed a punch in the nose. I mean, it just, I just didn't feel like, I felt like, uh, you know, like you, you know, when you're being used, you know, uh, but finally I just kept doing it and I took him to court. I'm hanging out to the backpack in court. Uh, at that time they let the backpacks in and I'm waiting for this guy for the, uh, what, what the judge is going to say, yay or nay. And sure enough, they released him because he's working his program. And I told him, thank God and be honest. Thank you, God. Whatever happens, uh, receive the injection, receive the medicine. And we went out to eat, bought me a nice sandwich in Pasadena. And then from there on, I didn't see him no more. I didn't see him for two, three years. And I had told him, I said, you better change your your employment because you're, you're out there in the bartending or your... Uh, a DJ in the midst of parties and all kinds of craziness and uh, all we hours and his girlfriend was with him. But he didn't, thank God he didn't pay my attention. He was able to pass the test and stay sober through it all, make more money and was progressing very good and got into another club somewhere. What a joy that was for me. You know, a lot of us, and a lot of you out there that are listening to this, I'm asking you to be good. I'm asking you to be sober, be vigilant. I am asking you to do what's right. You have the power now through the 12-step movement, us coming together and being in love with God. You have the power to do the right thing. I'd like to ask you to do the right thing no matter what others are saying no matter how others come against you you do the right thing you pray for the elderly take their cans and and 
and jumpstart the people around you, you with your car, and always have a smile on your heart, and then keep thanking God for that, for the uh, mean people that don't talk to you, talk back about you. Keep praying for them. Remember, God is making gold in our hearts by having this negativity thing come towards us. That's the way it is, folks. You want to balk and cry and say, poor me, and watch football all day long and, and not work on your, uh, and getting up and, and start working on your sobriety, on your program. Well, I did that. And you get tired of it. Once you get tired of it, get up and get going, man. And uh, I would make a list of all the people that uh, I'm working with currently and then pray for them five, ten minutes a day. And, and then you will have great rewards. Like you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to have a Del Taco burrito with green sauce in the nighttime. <laughs> Good things are happening. All right, I gotta find that little 24 hour book. Here, I got one. 24 hour book for today. Um, I pray that my asking you to do right and be right because you have the power now through the program is to uh, be effective as you can. Reading 20, 30 minutes in the morning, 20, 30 minutes in the nighttime, preferably another 20, 30 minutes in noon. Um, and let other people see you reading. Your actions speak volume. Here we go. 24 hours thought for the day. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge other people? Have I proved by my great success in life that I know all the answers? Exactly the opposite. Until I came into AA, my life could be called a failure. I made all the mistakes one could make. I took all the wrong roads and were a that were able to be taken. On the basis of my record, uh, am I a fit person to be a judge of other people? Hardly. In AA, <coughs> excuse me. In AA, I have learned not to judge people. I am so often wrong. Let the results of what they do judge them. It's not up to me. Am I less harsh in my judgment of other people? Instead of judgment, folks, find a way to send blessings to the person. And you'll cash it in. You'll get a reward. Ha! The greater the ugliness, the greater the reward. Ha! Who made these rules? You think a powerful God made all these rules? Meditation for the day. In our time of meditation, we again seem to hear, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Again and again, we seem to hear God saying this to us. Come unto me for the solution of every problem, for the overcoming of every temptation, physical, mental, or spiritual, but mostly Come unto me for the strength we need to live with peace of mind and the power to be useful and effective. Come unto me. It, to me is uh, thanking God, accepting my problems and thanking God for them. 
and going through the transition of hard work of accepting something that's not accepting even if it's wrong accepting it that god is going to help me to make it right for instance uh, 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 pornography is, is it takes your power away from going out there and seeing uh, and being effective in your life so what you want to do is thank god for the problem act like it's a good thing let god in the nonsense, and he will make it right sense. Okay. Thanking God for the problem is doing right sense. It's allowing God to to be merciful to us and to allow and give us the instructions and the power, eventually, to overcome it and do the right thing. Gambling, smoking cigarettes. Woohoo! I thank God for the cigarettes. Best thing that ever happened to me. And so I smoked that cigarette. Drink that Coke. Just be thankful for every little drink. Be thankful. That is being sober and just with your own life and your own judgment. I thank God for my overeating. I thank God for my weight. I thank God for my laziness. Thank you, God. All right, I'll get off my... For, forgive me for being in areas that... I need to get back onto the 24-hour little book. Let's pray. It says, I pray that I may go to God today for these things that I need to help me live with. I pray that I may find real peace of mind. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 24 hours. What a beautiful book. What a beautiful illustration. And all it is is just a few set of words that, that get our our minds thinking in the right direction. Okay, let's go ahead and shift gears right now, and let's go to uh, Limitless Love. I think I'm done uh, commentaring so quickly, and I'll start reading some of the material. For This is Gloria Copeland for November 13. It says, don't lose your grip. And she uses Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay? And for that, let's go ahead and say the uh, the serenity prayer, please, to uh, start our next shift, our next gears. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Introducing Limitless Love for November 13 by Gloria Copeland. Don't lose your grip. Like I said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Sometimes when you start to tell a fellow believer that the word says about love or any other subject, they'll interrupt you. Yes, I already know that. They'll say, I did an entire study on the subject of love one time. I spent a whole year reading a devotional book about it. What those people fail to understand is this. It's not the word you know that is affecting you, your life. It's the word that's alive in you right now. It's the word that is speaking to you on the inside and directing your thoughts and behavior. In short, the only word that's working in your life is the word that is dwelling richly in you. 
When the word about love is dwelling in you richly and the devil puts pressure on you through difficult circumstances or unkind people, what God says about love is the first thing that will come to your mind. The word, not the pressure or the emotions of the moment, will determine your response. As I said before, it is not easy to keep yourself in that condition. It takes effort, even if you're a scriptural expert on love. You must continue feeding on what the Word says about it because you are constantly surrounded by an unloving world. You're around natural people who think selfishness is normal and right. You are continually hounded by the devil who is pushing you to agree with them. If you don't maintain a steady intake of the Word and keep your attention on what God has to say, your heart and mind will begin to yield to the pressures of the world around you. You'll begin to lose your grip on the power of the love of God. Before long, you'll begin to say and do unloving things. When you encounter a difficult situation that can only be solved with love, you'll have your eyes on the problem instead of the answer. You'll react to it not like a born-again, world-overcoming child of the living God, but like a mere unchanged man. Amazing as it may seem, the Bible reveals that even Christians who have walked mature and power can slip back into that kind of immature state. Hebrews 5, 11, 12 says, We can become spiritually dull and sluggish, needing someone to teach us over and over again the very first principles of God's Word. That will never happen if you hold yourself steady on the Word of God. Continually talking, taking in the word and letting it wash your thoughts and govern your actions. You'll never lose your grip on love if you keep God's word abiding richly in you. You know, it seems like we're built with uh, ovens. And what we got in our oven, uh, like I had the care for my friend's drinking son. It was weighing heavy on my heart because I saw the kid grow up. And I prayed for that person in my oven. And I think when he was done, I had, I, I didn't think about that anymore. And when I pray for others, I don't think about them anymore. Oh, uh, by the way, I just got a text from another guy who I met and I prayed for. And I text back and forth. I met through this Zoom he only came once to my Zoom meeting, tried to read with us, and then he said he had all kinds of um, challenges with the family and the brothers and, the, and health. He just texted me and he said, Fernando, I got two years. Thank you very much for your Texas, your uh, inspiration um, stuff. He's, that's what he said. How do you think that made me feel? It made me feel that I have a bazooka and it's making... Uh, strides and holes on people's lives and and changing those God is changing those people that are ready he's just using me to pray put them in the oven pray for them and then hit them with uh, the word which is AA or this what we're reading right now so again it, it iterates everything I've been talking about uh, caring for others praying for others uh, having a set of prayers that are already composed by the Word of God for others. You know, I have one called uh, 
SS, you know, uh, that the reason we're praying is, you know, is to help others. And it uses a lot of scriptures, you know, to, uh, and that's where we're at today. That's why this podcast is composed of past prayers that we wanted to assist them and how to how to uh, reach out others and how to give encouragement. I wish I would have heard something like this when I was out there with uh, trying to make sense of the devil hitting me in the head, the neighbors bickering, and how to have love. So I told you I was a rough case, so I needed First John one through five read daily and John uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. This stuff pours out love into my oven and when people try to attack you they can't get inside your oven because you already have something in there you have the word of god makes sense to me i hope you're i know you're tracking with me this is not rocket science all right next book is from faith to faith daily devotional uh, by kenny copeland it says stake your claim like a gold mine stake your claim i like the title and and kenneth is using psalm 112 verses 1 and 3 to stake your claim it says praise you the lord blessed is the man that feared the lord that delighted greatly in his commandments delighted greatly in his commandments wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Psalms 112, 1 verse 3. Praise the Lord. Blesses the man that feareth the Lord. That reads his word. And greatly delights in what he's reading. Commandments. Wealth and riches shall be in his house automatically. And his righteousness endured forever. His seeds or his works. Or the people that he's working with. Uh, are catching being effective and changing people's lives for the better being an example Kenny Copeland goes on to say I'll never forget the time Gloria discovered that scripture we didn't have any money at that time and the walls in our house were as bare as they could be but she was ready to decorate so she took that promise wealth and riches shall be in this house and lay claim it lay claim to it by faith by actions by believing by imagination suddenly everywhere we went someone was giving us a painting or some little treasure for a house unfortunately most believers aren't as quick to believe God for that kind of thing as Gloria was some even claim God doesn't promise a New Testament believers physical prosperity just spiritual but the truth is you can't separate the two that's why jesus says if you seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness then all these material things you got to read the chapter and content matthew chapter 6 633 then all these material things will be added to you he knows the spiritual realm and the material realm are connected The physical world cannot operate independently from the spiritual world. What happens is one is simply a reflection of what happens in the other. 
Obviously, your spiritual standing profoundly affects your financial standing. That's why when you get a hold of the gospel and begin to prosper spiritually, you can begin to prosper physically and materially as well. Don't let anyone talk you out of God's promises of, of prosperity. You don't have to choose between financial and spiritual prosperity. Both belong to you. Lay claim to them by faith, and as a born-again child of God, dare to reach out and receive the riches that belong to you. Additional scriptural reading is Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 8 through 13. Amen. You know, what I had to do is I had to say, yes, 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 God, to your promises. Yes, God, according to your word, be it unto me, because I was so negative. I had a little, I had a resistance in my heart that wouldn't allow me, or I didn't lo love myself enough to let God fill my, my truck with gasoline. I didn't allow God to help me do my laundry or pay my bills and so forth. I wouldn't... So I had to uh, sit down and say, yes, God, yes, yes, Jesus Christ, yes, according to your will, yes. My subconscious mind would fight it, but I kept it out. My subconscious mind had, uh, no, you can't let go. Well, what are you doing? Letting go, going into the future. Who knows what spirit's going to come into you? Who knows if God's not going to beat you up again because of all the wrong you've done? I had to accept God by faith. I had to accept, as he said, I am forgiven, and I'll take care of you. Uh, I am your strong arm. So I just started saying, yes, Jesus Christ, yes. According to your will, be done unto me. Or be done unto my friend. Yes, according to your will, be done unto my uh, to the people that I'm, I'm worried about. Yes, God, yes, I thank you for their lives. Your will be done. And so I started working the system till I get the concern out of my heart. So that's pretty good because God can put concerns in our hearts and then we can work them out with prayer according to his word for others. And there's a reward. And uh, you, you're not the one who made the earth. So rewards are with giving. Rewards are with giving prayer. Rewards are with actions. It wouldn't work without rewards. Our paycheck and work is a reward showing up and doing the efforts all right proverbs 13 new king james version proverbs 13 a wise son heeds his father instruction but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke a man shall be eat well by the fruit of his mouth but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence unfaithful to what unfaithful to the words of his father in heaven he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness guards him who ha whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has riches. The ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, 
but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Hope defer makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. There you go. There's rewards there too. Hope defers makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, the reward, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word, uh-oh, will be destroyed. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. There it is again, rewards. And the word reward means you're going to be made youthful again with invigoration, enthusiasm, good medicine in the body. 14. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn away from the snares of death. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Poverty and shame will come to him who disains correction. But he who regards rebuke will be honored. A desire to accomplish is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. A desired accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but the righteous good shall be repaid, but to the righteous. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous, good pursues them, and they will be recompensated. Compensated. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Uh, we went to a, a estate sale down in Palm Springs, kind of like my son invited me. And uh, we took a lot of the, uh, we, we uh, obtained, I helped my son, so he allowed me to get, he goes, go ahead and get what you want, grabbed a few boxes and stuff. And um, I got a safe that no one had, you know, was just there with the lock and key, took it out, opened it up, and sure enough, there was uh, 18, 88, 89, about maybe 40 pennies, 
and uh, a lot of old coins and stuff. So I got myself a little right, a little uh, compensation. Not a, I still haven't gone through all the gold and silver and all the stuff I brought forward, but uh, so far, uh, it's a good. This scripture has come true to me. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Okay. Uh, I was just available and I said, yes, I, I can help. I was actually going to help my son liquidate and move some things and store it for him. Uh, and in the turn, I got blessed. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. And for lack of justice, there is waste. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. The righteous eat to the satisfying of the soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. What does that mean? And for lack of justice, there is waste. Wow. And we could camp on that verse of Proverbs 13, 23 for years, huh? <laughs> It says it's connected to Proverbs 12, 11. Let's go over there and see what that says. It says, Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. And Proverbs 12, 11 says, He who tills his land, okay, will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Okay, when you have a piece of land, the land is talking to us. He says, Hey, I will produce you corn and potatoes and tomatoes and and garlic and onions and man plant me. See, the justice is uh, working the land. That's justice. Okay, but thinking I'm going to win the lottery, I'm going to do this, do that, which I do a lot. Much food is in the in the follow, I guess, in the open ground of the poor. But for lack of justice, uh, not thinking properly, or not having God as your instructor of the counsel of God, there is waste. Um, you know, God says that he is mad with the Israelites for not taking his counsel. I don't want God to be mad with me. I said, give it to me, give it to me, give me your counsel. Okay, Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edges of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, check this out, the Lord commanded the blessing forevermore. In other words, when you are in unity with me, and I am in unity with you, and you're tracking with me and not judging me for my uh, unprofessionalism, uh, whatever. We are in union, and we pray the Our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the long life, commandment of life forevermore, the blessing of God is present. It is present in our hearts right now, the blessing of God. <clears throat> 12-step meeting, that when there's love is and laughter, the presence of God is there, making us youthful, making us whole. Isn't that cool? 
All we got to do is get in unity and not strife. And God's loving commandment takes place that we are blessed. We're going to read Psalms 103. This is one of my favorite psalms. It says, Praise the Lord for His mercies. Praise for the Lord's mercy. Very important principle, guys. All we have available to us is God's mercy as uh, what we qualify for, okay? And the only way we qualify for God's mercy is by being wrong in other areas, right? By having sin, by being uh, uh, ugly, by uh, being lazy. All those things, we thank God for them because they pushed us into the mercies of God. And now God can work with us or we can work with God because we're in the boat of mercies. We're not in a, in the battleship no more by asking, by praising the Lord for his mercies. Not rocket science. I do this a lot for anybody that's new, that's listening. Here we go. One of my favorite prayers. I prayed this last night before I went to sleep. I prayed it this morning. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. That is a credible prayer. Should be said about 12 times a day. And the first thing you'll notice if you say that prayer and you hit heaven hard with it, you'll start eating good. You'll start eating seven-course meals, four-course meals. Uh, these words will come alive and overtake it. Let's say, for instance, but they don't work for the end, though I still have my diseases. I still have my iniquities. Keep on saying it. Keep on putting it in the incinerator, putting it in your heart, in your mouth, in your oven. Keep working it. And uh, Psalm 103, verse 6, the rest of the psalm, it says, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. How does the Lord execute righteousness and justice for us? Our sin, our own sins got us oppressed. Now there's a God that can save us. That's why he's called Savior. That's why he's called Master, Lord, and Friend. Because he can save us from being oppressed. Even, especially if it's our own actions that we're oppressed. We didn't pay our bills. We're oppressed. Uh, we're not. We said the wrong thing. We're oppressed. We used again. We're oppressed. Okay, you're not using our timely wisely. I'm oppressed. So, the, but the Lord. If I thank God and I ask Him for His mercies, the Lord will execute righteousness for me, and and justice, because I am oppressed. That's a promise, folks. No wonder we don't have no excuse, you know. If we want to go to hell, you can by rejecting all this stuff. You know, you got we got free will. 
And for you know, unfortunately, many are taking that route. You know, you try to tell them that God's mercy is available. You know, they've been given hope, faith, love, enthusiasm from God to begin with. It all came from Him. And, and God said, hey, there's more, man. That was just a small taste. That's enough information there to get you to go to God and get and seek Him more. Not like rocket sciences. Verse 8. Okay, verse 7. The Lord made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Interesting. Uh, merciful and mercy in the same verse. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west so far, he has removed our transgressions from us. As the Father pitied his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him, and his righteousness to the children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Say, say this with me. Say, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, Heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts. You ministers of his. Who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works. In all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And Psalm, Psalm 13. Trust in the salvation of the Lord. A Psalm of David. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Let those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Lest, lest. Those who trouble me rejoice when I when I fall. 
But I have trusted in your mercy. Here we go. I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. Again, a lot of us will want to stay in murmuring why people are talking about us. Murmuring and feeling sorry for yourself that you your, your body is not healthy. You got a broad deal. Uh, you like to stay in the mud, and and no matter what we say or what God says, there's you know you're still out there complaining, crying, and crying wolf and everything. He says right here, uh, but I have trusted in your mercy. Even acting like you trust in His mercy will be enough. Acting like you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, it will be enough. Acting and saying, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, according to your will, you're, you're uh, accessing his mercy. My heart shall rejoice in, there it is, your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. Why? Why would I be? Because I got rewarded. I got rewarded. Because he has dealt bountifully with me. What's bountifully? All kinds of good stuff. And that's what he does. That's, that's why he wins us over. By giving us peace, joy, love, and gold and silver and gas and cars and trucks and houses. You know, stop crying and stop praising. What's so hard about that? You want, you want to change how the world runs and your own... Uh, your own rules? How does that working for you? Let's take a look. How bad? How how successful were you working with uh, being a child, not learning? That was me, folks. That was me. I love you. God bless you. Let's go ahead and go home. Let's pray the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.